lucky. I got a great ALJ judge. As you very know, Idaho is not very marijuana friendly, right. and the judge made the ruling that the LCB, you know, Liquor Control Board back then was called. They don't know their own rules, mm. their own regulations. I, you know, that's acquitted. Good to go. And that's how I set the record. I was the first one to kind of get sacrificed, not sacrificed, but right. it cost me $12,000 to defend myself. And, you know, I wasn't the behemoth I am today. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I still had a little Chevy Sonic I was making deliveries <laughs> in across the, you know, sleeping in park, you know, public parks and stuff. But the hatchback up and my feet out. Because, you know, the money was tight. Just building right. your business. That's yeah. right. Just Learning. Your business. Paying my dues. And welcome back to Meta Unshackled here at MJ BizCon 2023. We are here with myself. This is Max Uos from Dope SEO. And... Stanislava, happy to co-host once again. Okay, cool. And this is, we're going to be talking about New Mexico here. We have two phenomenal, extremely well-versed in just, because New Mexico is its own little world of cannabis, you know, and, and I feel like just, just as over time, like we've been, we've done so many states, but New Mexico is, I, I love New Mexico. Um, so I'm going to actually, let's start with you. Introduce, you introduce yourself. yourself. Who are you? What do you do? I know who you are, but for everybody else watching. Uh, my name is Matt Koppelman. I'm one of the, uh, I'm the founder and one of the owners of Score 420 mm -hmm. LLC. Six locations. Yep. Working on New Jersey. Yep. Working on New York. We're going to get one of those MSO licenses. $200,000. Wow. Okay. All right. Hustler. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you're also, but as a, but you also, it's not just retail. I mean, you have a. Oh yes, um, we manufacture our own uh, pre rolls. Right. Uh, we process our own flour. Yep. Most of our own flour, the lower end flour, uh, the more uh, bougie flour, the, <laughs> the upscale flour comes in. You know, pretty well trimmed and manicured, and we just packages it in to uh, mylar or jars or whatever it needs to be packaged into. Right on. So yeah, so you got retail, you got manufacturing, processing, delivery as well? Or I'm We tried delivery. Um, it wasn't for us at the moment. We, had, we were expanding. We had our Alamogordo store opening up. Um, we were getting, you know, a couple per night. One issue was our delivery driver was a black market guy trying to sell his own product <laughs> when he was delivering our product. So I love New Mexico. Oh <laughs> okay, this is, this is why we're talking about this. And um, I told that guy, I said, listen, bro, I don't care what you do on your own time. That you, you want to hustle? That's your prerogative. Yeah. Don't mix it in my business. Right. And, of course, a loyal customer says, hey, bro, this guy's doing this. He's trying to so, bought off his own. But you know how he really got let go? He got <laughs> – it's a funny thing. Stars. It took more than that. He got, he I just want to make that angry. clear. It took more than that. He, <laughs> got, he was closing up and he was counting money and the money counter wasn't working. It was just jamming. He, he punched the hell out of it. <laughs> I got it on camera. And it's like, all right, this guy got to go. <laughs> was that the final straw? Yeah. yeah he, he, well, no, the, the black market stuff didn't come to after he was let go. Right. Okay. That's when they came. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if I would have. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> No question, but but that was it. It's like you're breaking company equipment. Yeah, and I always told the guy, I said, his name, we'll just say his name was Steve. I was like, Steve, 
Only Steve could fire Steve. Right. Because he was always paranoid that someone was out to get him or get his job and blah, blah, blah. And he was actually a decent worker, but his just priorities were just yeah. Ugh. Many stories in score 420. We're, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all the fun stuff in New Mexico. And you've been Seth. a guest multiple times. Nope. Please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Seth Gardenswartz. I am one of the co-founders of Black Garden Law. We have a boutique business law firm in Albuquerque. I'm a native of Albuquerque. Right. Spent a lot of time, obviously, there um, and some other places. But uh, so we had a boutique firm that does business law. We started doing cannabis work about three years ago, four years ago, and we've got a nice little cluster of, uh, of, of really good cannabis businesses in the state. We also do some, we have a big portion of our practice that's IP related. We do a lot, you know, regionally and nationally. Into what? like intellectual property? I'm sorry. Yeah. What made you want to get into the cannabis industry? Uh, good question. We had avoided it. Like we every year we'd have our annual meeting on a chairlift, my you know, partner and I. And so, you know, kind oh, of sure. a if, if it's a short meeting, we take the express lift. It's a longer meeting, we take the Oh, fair lift. enough. So, yeah. So, okay. you know, we got we got, our, we got it figured out. Um, We'd always, we, didn't, we never got into it because there were only 35 medical licensees and they were all up and running before we started our firm and we just didn't see any point to getting into that space. Right? Right. So when the statute was, get, was, was passed and before it was enacted, we realized that there was going to be a lot more business coming in and around that same time, one of the, one of the legacy people had hired us to do a trademark project for them. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool and fun and interesting. Okay. We had landed a big industrial hemp client and it opened our eyes into how big the market is, like how sophisticated it is. And then as this, as this rush to get ready for a recreational mm. adult use started, we learned about how much, these were all going to be actual businesses now mm -hmm. and none of them had business. You know, they, there was no structure for that. And all the attorneys, there's some really good attorneys and consultants working in the space in, in New Mexico, but they weren't, they didn't do that kind of work. So right. we just decided we're not going to do licensure, right? We're not going to focus on the regulatory side. We're just going to do the business structure, the finance, the, the um, investment, the IP, and the sort of contracts, that the, these, these business stuff that these, these um, places will That they need. Will need. Right. And it worked out really well because we were the, um, we, we got in early and we sort of made it a point to let people know what we were doing. And by definition, we were kind of taking on the customers, the clients who were raising some money, right. and we're a, we're a tech law firm. We're still a tech law okay. firm. Tech is financed a lot like cannabis That's because right. no one can borrow, no one will lend you money to write software or grow weed for different <laughs> reasons, right? <laughs> but, but that means that if you've got to start either one of those businesses, you're going to have to talk someone into giving you money. Right. That's right. And you're going to give them back ownership or some kind of, um, some sort of security interest in, in that. Right. Hmm. So. Very cool. We have our investor right there, Miles Hansen. Okay. <laughs> That's our Invest investor Hello right investor. there. <laughs> now, Mark, you have an interesting story because you, you moved to New Mexico to start your your business there. I mean, I know you were operating in Washington, Washington State. State, and then, yeah, and then you moved to New Mexico to open. Yeah, so a um, little background in my cannabis um, experience. Started uh, New, uh, not New Mexico, Spokane, Washington, 2014 Sourface. Okay. LLC. Okay. Sourface comes from my, my friends used to call me that in my 20s. <laughs> I noticed it's on your name tag. That's your yeah, name I don't know why they did that. Well, they, they gave you both. They gave you sou Sourface Copelman. <laughs> <laughs> so I started as a one-man show. Um, 
basically what I started with. I bought trim from producers, made it into pressed hash. Real simple. I got a Keith okay. machine. Right. Keithed it, put it in the jack puck, heated it up nice, just real old school, very manual. Mm -hmm. Started from there, got into stores, and I started wholesaling or buying, buying um, flour from outdoor growers who don't want to trim it. You know, I do the legwork, right. you know, build up, then build employees. And then I had the state try to shut me, take up. Uh, cancel my license because of a true party interest because mm. I had a salesman and he was getting percentages and they right. were saying that's <laughs> they were saying that's illegal because you're giving a percentage out you have to give whatever so the enforcement officer was hot <laughs> on my tail he had to prove something I disputed it right got a lawyer got a lawyer uh, Harrison Bracken you probably heard of them mm -hmm. out of the Seattle office flew out um, basically, I got lucky. I got a great ALJ judge. Okay. It might sound Good. funny because I did research on the judge, <laughs> on the administrative judge. She was actually an assistant AG of Idaho. Okay. As you very know, Idaho is not very marijuana friendly. Right. right. They went at the border, you know, when they <laughs> So you got to be careful. Yeah. Um, it used to be like that between New Mexico and Texas, and I think now they're. But, not, you not know, so I assessed it as like it is what it is. So. And, uh, you know, we had the hearing, and the judge made the ruling that the LCB, you know, Liquor Control Board back then was called, um, that they don't know their own rules, mm. their own regulations. I, you know, I was acquitted. You know, basically, she just said, you're good to go. And that's how I set the record for that true part. I, I kind of, I was the first one to kind of get sacrificed, not sacrificed, but right. it cost me $12,000 to defend myself. And, you know, I wasn't the behemoth I am today. Right. right. You know what I mean? I still had a little Chevy Sonic I was making deliveries <laughs> in across, the, you know, sleeping in par you know, public parks and stuff with the hatchback up and my feet out because, you know, the money was tight. Just building right. your business. Though. That's right. Just Learning, building your business. Paying my dues. Hey. Paying your dues. You right. know? So, whatever. Fast forward to build and build. Yeah. And around 2020, you know, corona started happening. Then I had a real nasty dirt bike accident. And, you know, I smashed up my foot pretty I, You know, I walk with a limp. So, and, and pain, blah, blah, blah. So, and then the market was going down. It's like, I got to do something else. I got to get out in the Washington market. Like, it's time to go. Like, whatever. I made my money. It's mm -hmm. time to move on. So, then New Mexico came up. I was like, hmm, no residency requirements. <laughs> you know, the barrier to entry is very easy compared to other states. You know? And, and I just went on Craigslist and started contacting landlords. And I found a, a, a property company that's very marijuana friendly. And they had some properties that were open. And I did some research. And by luck, they, there were good traffic counts, a lot of traffic. Foot traffic were in Old Town, mm -hmm. which is a, right. a historic area, a lot of tourism. A lot of, I mean, we don't get a lot of tourist traffic. You know, who's going to bring their kids to a pot shop? <laughs> You know what I mean? Is that allowed in America? Because I'm from Canada and you absolutely cannot you know even bring a baby in. No, we're not allowed to have. And we were fighting people. It's funny you bring that up. People would bring their babies in. We're like, you got to go outside. You got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and they're, you know, and they get all belligerent. But we came up with a solution. Curbside service. 
call us. I have the number right on the door. We'll come right out to you. We'll take your order. And then that worked. Okay. But yes, we did have, believe it or not, they're like, other medical places let us do it. So we're, yeah. And then we had to be printed out right from the CCD, <laughs> put it right on the damn door. 21 means 21 yeah. besides <laughs> medical, 18 and up. It's crazy. And then you got to try to minors that are medical patients. They need their caregivers to right. come in at 18, not them at 15 or, thir- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's a ridiculous way people try to pull. This is why I love New Mexico. You don't hear stories like this just about anywhere else, but you hear it here. Um, so, so since, because you know, you basically you opened up what 2020, 2021 or first started 2021. June twenty one, yeah. And Seth, you, I mean, you got into it. What have you guys seen since then in New Mexico? Like, how has New Mexico evolved? How has the game changed? Like, how, what have you seen differently in, in how the, the in licensing, cultivation, processing, delivery, laws? Go ahead, man. Everything. So. Uh, New Mexico made an interesting choice okay. at, the, at the get-go. They decided that they weren't going to limit licenses, they weren't gonna, and they weren't going to quota licenses. They were going to have a, a pretty open field. So it was not... When I say they were, it's relatively easy to get a license, I don't mean that the process is simple. It's, right. There's a lot of steps to it and so forth. But there's not a lot of limitations to it. It's like, do you have the time and energy or, or resources to, to get a license? And, right. and you can get one, right? So um, the, the only limiting factor actually is water. Like, if you're going to grow outdoors... Other than urban, you have to prove that you've got enough water. Oh. So that's that's an interesting, interesting. little and and that's a it's nice to have that limit. Yeah. But the state engineer's office was not ready for applications that were partially approved oh. to come to the engineer's office to have them go. It's like oh great now we got to go check the dope wells like this is you know. So aside from that, not a lot of limitations. So what happened, of course, is there's a lot of licensees. So call so New Mexico now has about the same number of licenses as Colorado. Wow. With half the population and I like to say the, and a quarter of the money. So that happened, everybody got in. There's a lot of people in, there's more, uh, there's more dispensaries in Albuquerque, which is the largest city, than Starbucks or McDonald's combined. No way. Way. No shit, like, Should you not? really? Yeah. The high there all the so time? There's more dispensaries than, fast, than McDonald's by themselves or fast food restaurants? McDonald's and Starbucks combined. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's lots of, of, of units. I mean, there's not hundreds of Starbucks. Right, I mean, right. It's what, 200 licenses that were approved and the, a little bit over, right, on the city website. I think it's more than that in the, in the but city. But not all of them yeah. are open, though. Right. right. Open for business. Right. Okay. So, so, there, so that's another good example, though. If, if they got the license, they didn't get open, what happened? You know, like, like it's, it's not, and what, we, what I heard, we probably all heard at some point, is it's a license to print money. It is not a license to print money, right? It is, it is definitely not that. It's a, it's a, it's, if you don't, and I, I, I think because the, the barrier to entry was modest, a lot of people who didn't necessarily have a lot of business experience were able to scrape together a little bit of money and get jump out. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people thought they were going to get rich really fast and had all these crazy ideas, and, but right. with zero experience of running a business, you know well, how to do it. And this is a, this is a much harder business. You know, you think, look about some of our other you know, business clients. Like if you're going to open an auto repair shop, if you, if you, you can figure out what equipment you need for your mm-hmm. market segment, and you know, there's two bay shops, there's four bay shops, and you can sort of figure this out. And then you can borrow some money. If you want to open a brewery right, or, or a restaurant, you can... You can borrow money from a, you can get a, uh, an SBA loan. Can't do any of that in, in this market. Mm. And, and by the way, you, when we look at people's performance sometimes. Okay. And they say, we're going to plant this many plants. 
They're like, great, what do you think your yield's going to be? I'm like, what do you mean? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> they have so, no idea. Well, well, you know, they've got forecasted sales, which are you know, right. What we're going to sell, right. But you obviously need product you to need sell product to, to sell that, to, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, we've we and and look, this is all part of a normal business process. Yeah. We usually don't see markets that are this immature, and <laughs> and we don't think of it as immature because there's other states doing it, and 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 obviously New Mexico had a pretty robust um, medical program for a right. long time. But this has been a real shock. And when people say, oh my God, there's, a there's two dispensaries in every strip mall in, in Albuquerque, what are we gonna do about this? You know, I usually say it's like, well, if, you, if you're cool with capitalism, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's gonna be kind of ugly for a little yes. while, but all that vacancy strip mall space is gonna be vacant again. Um, and, you know, and keep in mind, if everybody's only doing 70% of what they plan to do, each one of those that goes dark that 70% gets poured back into the rest of the market. Yeah, right. absolutely. It, right. gets, it, it picks back up and it, and it right. meshes back in. Now, this is an interesting spin because, Matt, I know you went from one location to is it six now, right? Well, we got, yeah, I just acquired another property in Sunland Park. Oh, my God. Are you at seven? And seven, and then, we, then we're waiting for Las Cruces to be done. That They've been dragging. We, I signed that, that contract October last year. And they're just dragging their feet. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but, but right now it's just, we're still, I mean, we're still adapting to our growth. I mean, it's a lot of growth in a year and a half. Yeah, right. it really is. It is. You know, and a lot of it is self-growth because we only got invested $200,000. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's so why I say you're the hardest working man in cannabis. Well, that, and, that, that's an interesting point he's kind of making there because he, he's, he's talking about, People often come show up and they go, oh, what are you going to do? It's like, we're going to be a vertically integrated micro licensing. Right. It's like, really? You're going to do all three of those things and all on a small scale? Um, so, you know, what you're articulating here is that you're not trying to grow all your, trying to manufacture all your product, grow all your product. Like, you're, you've got, being able to do what you do means that you had to focus on some segments of the business. That's right. That's through experience. That's what I learned yeah. through Sourface. Yeah. I've seen what 65 cent joints to Uncle Ike's could sell, mm -hmm. you know, and to, you know, 420 Carpenter and all those big multi-chain out in King County and Olympia and blah, blah. I was making decent money and I only had like six clients or six, six retail stores, excuse me. Right. But they were huge. Mm. You know what I mean? There would be big orders. I mean, tens of thousands of pre-rolls. Unreal. Yeah. So that's how I brought this into this market. We are the number one seller of pre-rolls. I'll stand by that. In the state. In the state of New Mexico. Yeah. Out of one store. How many, how many pre-rolls a month do you sell, Matt? Well, our factory, right, or probably make about eighty to 85000 a month. A month. Then those goes to our stores. Right. Now, I'm just talking one store, our old town location. We sell about, on average, about eight to 10,000 joints a week out of that location only. Wow. And the reason why I could say this, because I'd sold, like I said, the Uncle Ike's and Headset. You familiar with mm -hmm. that program? I used to get data reports from Headset every day about how my brand's doing and which strains are selling and compared to other guys in your, you know, other vendors in your category, how you measuring up. And I'd be always killing them. Mm. 
But what I was looking at, this store does a million dollars a month in sales, but it's only selling seven, six to seven hundred pre-rolls a day. It's a joke. We're selling, you know, an average thirteen hundred a day on a fast day, eighteen hundred. Single pre-rolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because we clinched the market early. Right. Yeah. Everybody, if you, like, when we started, everybody looked the same. Everybody felt the same. Right. No one is bringing something in. Like, if you bring, if you bring in a segment, other stuff will sell. Right? We started selling four for 20 pre-rolls. I found a great source mm-hmm. at a great price, and I said, we're going to make a good margin off this. Yep. Great margin. We took that margin and expanded it. Yep. That's why you see these... You know, eight stores, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just blowing up, just all pre-rolls. We're still like, our business is still 75% pre-rolls. Pre-rolls, wow. pre-rolls. And, and, and I think what's, so let's just put it this way. So, so for this, because I, and Eric's not talking, but I know we're hitting the 20 something mark, so we can probably go for another 510. But, um, so with this, from 2021, 2022 to now going into next year, with the competition, with the new stores opening up, with the licenses, with the, you know, You've grown. Other people have shut down. Other business, you know, because because you hear both sides. It's like, oh, business sucks. Nobody's buying. You're, it's too competitive. Da, da, da. Obviously, there's a way to do it. You know, obviously, there's a, there's a way to make money. There's a way to, to lose money. There's a way to expand. There's a way to complain and just you know, what I because <laughs> because I, I feel like it just got, I'm a sales marketing guy and like that's that's what I look at. I'm like, if you're not selling, you know, some people think it's like I built a brand. Now they need to come to me. It was almost right. like when we were walking in here this morning. You know, they're like, you, you haven't built a brand. You haven't built unless a brand. they're already coming. Unless it they're coming to you. There you, go. you exactly. That, right. that, there you that, go. Is, that is like that is just <laughs> linguistically. I think fundamentally, people, you know, they they want to say, hey, I built this mm. brand. It ain't a your brand is not what you think it is. Right. Right. It's right. only what other people think that's, it is. That's and if that correct. doesn't drive margin or sales or something like that. If you have a brand, it's it's either bad or you don't have a brand. So do you think yeah. ego gets in the way sometimes of people's growth and business? <laughs> 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 oh, that's 100% that, that might be your interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very right. thoughtful comment. Oh, no. Yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think in the back of my head when they get cocky like that, I said, bro, the next year there's going to be 20, 30 other vendors who are going to eat you alive in pricing and in packaging. It's going to look 100% better than yours. Right. And it's true. Look at yeah. us now. I'm getting cards dirt cheap. Like, I, I don't even disclose yeah, what I'm paying, yeah. but it's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. And I can make those, I could sell $20 full gram cards out the door to the customer. That's a great deal. That is a great $25 deal. disposables, like crazy. Wow. Mix and match with pre-rolls. You always got to stay ahead. So when we did the four for 20, then the moron started doing five for 20. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> You wanna you wanna play ball? Let's play ball. When they go low, we go lower. <laughs> so I didn't go lower per se. I I did a six for twenty six, but what I really did was I did mix and match. So you know you could go like into a grocery, you mix and match your six pack, same thing. Right. You still get that discount, you get any amount of strains you want. And they're all in separate tubes. You know what I mean? Nobody's doing that yet. Yeah. You yeah. know. So But no one's gonna hear about it. What? Yeah. Oh no! No, they already, no, they already no, know about it. So, um, just with this, so so, what's gonna happen now for New Mexico? Like moving into next year, based on what has been happening for the last year? Because I know that there were, just talking to you and talking to you, like I know that there were a lot of 
black market fake operator pot shops popping up, like basically whether it was hemp derivatives or just like opening up and just. But there was I, a I, lot. There was a lot of product coming into the market that that you know probably wasn't growing the market. Right. And yeah. the Cali weed or something. The, or, the RLD or, has yeah. uh, has. Um, there's been some enforcement actions. There so has been enforcement. There has been. Okay. Against licensee holders. Right. Not against people who are actually really illicit. Not a guy who just opens up a shop and just they they're not really being proactive and shutting right. those people down. Right. But if you sign on the dotted line, right? You know, when you get a license, you have this a heed by compliance and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's easy to bust them. Yeah. But when they don't sign on the dotted line. It's really hard for them to come in. Then they got their constitutional rights and all that. So is it still a black market issue? Well, you I mean, still have of course, constitutional yes. There's rights. a black market. There's huh? You still have constitutional rights even if you're licensee. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to. Yeah, I know. You're saying it's a, it's a criminal. It's. it's... <laughs> I know. I feel I, like I didn't go to law I'm, school. I'm going to shut know. up. I'm going to shut up because it's, like, it's, it's it, it might be it might be accurate, but it's not going to be interesting. So yeah. I'm just going to stop talking about. Yeah. It. yeah. No. Well, I yeah. mean, let's let's. If this is, people are going to watch this. So, um, <laughs> what do you guys see for the future of New Mexico? Like, what's going to happen? Where, where's, where's retail going to go? Where's cultivation going to go? Where's manufacturing going to go? Do you see it expanding in any way? I mean, what way do you see it growing? Well, I've seen pounds go from 3,700 indoor going down to now 1,800. I've seen outdoor go from two going down to eight, seven. I'm getting, I could get bee, nice bee buds for five all day long. Okay. I'm not going to say where. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's hundreds of pounds available from these producer processors. So, you know. So I think, I think what that means is there's plenty of product right, out there. Right. And so if, if you were starting up, if you're looking at this objectively, it's like you don't have to produce product yourself. And if you want to start or if you want to shift or if you want to, trim your operations a little bit, you can probably buy it at least as well as you could as you could make it, at least for a while. Mm. Um, probably for a, a pretty good amount of time. So you could get into the market without having to be your own grower? Without having to be your, be your okay. own grower. So I, I think some specialization, and which, which always makes sense, right? Because one thing that drives me crazy about, and I grew up in retail, in a, in a, a lot of these shops, particularly in, in places like New Mexico, they're not really well merchandised. Mm. And I realize you don't have to go deep in the stuff that doesn't sell all the time, but you got to have some kind of selection. Otherwise, it's, otherwise, you're just a convenient place on the way home for, for that one thing, right? right? You're, like a, even a C-store has a fridge full of mediocre beer and soda. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's got lots of different, you know, not, not like a full liquor store, but they've got they've got some choices. So I think, but you got to specialize to do that because if you're also spending money on cultivation or manufacturing, you're not going to be able to invest in the inventory and, and tracking the churn and all of this stuff. So I think there's there's going to be some consolidation, is my forecast. Okay, I could be wrong. I'm often wrong. Um, okay, I'm never completely right, but uh, but you know it just seems that there's that much product out there in the marketplace. The other thing I think to think about is where if there's growth, where is it going to come from? Like the, the you know, so some could come from the illicit market if the, the, the thing is right. Some could come from people who are not really using you know, sort of this transitional quasi-medical, maybe a little bit less alcohol, maybe you know, there's some of that. And then there's, um, you know, we've been at it for a couple of years now. So some of the people who previously were lived in adjacent states that would come in for, to Canada to rec recreate, like they can, they can, how much more of that is there? Right. Like, 
I, I, I don't know, but it's not infinite. Okay. Right? It's, do it's, you see uh, a cap, though, or do you, do you see a, a continuation? Of, of sales growth? Yeah. I don't see a cap, but I just think, like, there's, a, there's some... Um, so, so like, is it more just capitalism? Like, basically, like if you're good, you're good, and if you're not, you're not. Well, I, th I think it's well. You can be good and make a and, and not be lucky, or you can make a a reasonable strategic decision that turned out to be wrong. Like you, mm. you, you just don't like no one. On one hand, for the past ten years, you could say interest rates are going to go up, but no one knew when, right? So, so that's that's really a little bit a little bit hard to predict, you know. And there's some things like. Um, down scheduling that, that that could happen that could really change that would change everybody's margins, right across the board. If if you oh if you it know, went like, from schedule right. one to schedule right, all right. yeah right. that's that's a whole other so any of those any of those kinds of things anything that would affect you know sort of safe banking and something like that would 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 mm. affect um, would affect margins and I think there will be some I wouldn't be surprised to see some more municipal level um, re regulation so there's not two you know, dispensaries in every strip mall. You know, that's, that's, and that, and that's another problem too that's not got nothing to do with cannabis. There's a ton of vacant retail space because of the shift to online commerce right. yeah. and things like that. So there's a lot of, so landlords are motivated in properties that aren't, don't have a lot of demand to, to, to that's take cannabis. That's not, that's not always true. There's, not a, lot, always there's true. a lot of hungry landlords will not give in the cannabis. That, yeah. It's a struggle. And why? I don't know. I well, do. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because they've been burned. Because there's no collateral. Because there's no track record. Because there's not. There's well, hang a lot on. Of now, hang on a minute. Well, how about right. mortgages? Right. They they have commercial loans on those buildings. Some of those guys they can't lease the cannabis. Sometimes correct? they can't. No, that's right. That's right. That's, and, that's, and they, that's and they a lot of the insure. reason too. That is part of the reason. No, that is part of the you reason. Know? No, the, those are all. There are many reasons. There's not a single reason. But it, here's the here's the overall thing. It's more complicated to lease to a cannabis client. Mm. It just is because of the because you know, your insurance. So I've got a landlord I'm really close to. It's like oh, they had to show that the percentage of hemp in the hemp shop was going to be low enough it wouldn't reach a threshold that the insurance company had. It wasn't even a law. It's just a oh, policy. That's so there's just there's a ton behind it all that just goes right. beyond whatever. Um, listen, guys. I know you guys can. <laughs> Oh, I can this, sit here talking I'm, I'm forever, actually, I'm actually <laughs> glad because it, it's good to have both sides. Um, how do people get in touch with you? You know, I mean, they get in touch with me at Matt at Score420.io. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what services I can sell. I'm well, not a lawyer. Listen. You know what I mean? So, no, I mean, I mean basically. I, but if someone wants some advice and I feel it's not intrusive, okay. I will. I have no problem. Okay, but if, if you're ever in New Mexico and you wanted to get a four for twenty pre-roll. Six for twenty-six. Six, six for twenty-six. 26. Make 50, a match. Fifty-six yeah. pack yeah. for two hundred dollars. You seen our billboards? Fifty-six pack for two hundred dollars. I got ten of them around town. <laughs> okay, you well, do that I know volume. where my next trip right. is. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and how about yourself? Blackgardenlaw.com. Blackgardenlaw.com. There's contact forms, phone numbers, you know, email, whatever you want. So we we can. You can get a hold of us. Beautiful. Awesome, yeah. awesome. That was fantastic, guys. Thank you for your time. All right. Oh, Eric's giving us the segments. finger. All right. <laughs> Thank you. He's giving us the finger for the third time. <laughs> guys, this is Vito Shackled at MJ BizCon. This was New Mexico. See you in the Thanks, next guys. one. See you. Thank you. Thank you.